You ready? Showtime. On May 3rd, summer starts with the fall guy. Let's do it later. Let's drink a spicy margarita. Make some bad decisions. Yes. Audiences are falling in love with the most entertaining film of the year. Fall guy. Fall guy. Fall guy. That's what the poster said. See Ryan Gosling and Emily Blunt in the movie critics say exists to make you happy. Trying to make it out? Because nope. I don't either. It's not what I'm into right now. What are you into? Talking. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> the Fall Guy. Only in theaters May 3rd. Read it PG-13. Get ready for the greatest roast of all time. The Roast of Tom Brady. A Netflix live event happening May 5th, hosted by Kevin Hart. The seven-time world champion gets his cleats held to the fire by famous friends and frenemies on an unforgettable night where everything is fair game. Tune in on May 5th at 5 p.m. Pacific time for The Roast of Tom Brady, live only on Netflix. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Hello and welcome to the Wisdom Cricket Weekly Podcast. Lots planned for today's show, a look ahead to the Headingley Test, we'll talk concussion subs, county championship, the KSL, the World Test Championship and much more. I'm Yaz Rana and with me today I've got the editor and chief of Wisdom Cricket Monthly magazine, Phil Walker, and the magazine editor of Wisdom Cricket Monthly, Joe Harmon. Issue 23 of Wisdom Cricket Monthly comes out this week. What day is it that comes out? Comes out Wednesday, Thursday. Thursday on the, on the stands, Wednesday at two subscribers. Uh, it's another good one, yes. Wonderful. We'll talk more about it later in the show. A story that has developed somewhat since the end of the Laws test is that surrounding Steve Smith's concussion. He's been ruled out of the third test at Headingley. He was hit on the neck on 80 at Lords, was on the ground for a while before leaving the field unassisted. He came back to bat an hour later before being ruled out of the test the following morning after showing signs of mild concussion. Speaking to the BBC, Luke Griggs, the deputy chief executive of the brain injury charity Headway, said... You have to be overcautious when it comes to any type of concussion. The reaction time of a batsman facing a 90 mile per hour plus delivery is incredibly small and yet it is absolutely vital that they are fully concentrated. With concussion, the vision can be blurred and the brain can be slow at processing information. That leads to delayed reaction times and is just incredibly dangerous. Joe, I guess it's obvious now, Smith should never have been allowed to bat again. We say obvious now, I think it was obvious at the time, wasn't it? Mm. The way he went down, um, the way he was hit... Uh, the speed of the bowling with which he was returning to face as well. I mean, Archer was bowling at 96 miles an hour. If there's any suggestion at all that you're not 100% um, on it and you have the reaction times capable of dealing with that bowling, then he should never have gone out there. And it, He obviously was desperate, desperate to go out there. That goes without saying, but the decision should be well out of his hands. Uh, and the Cricket Australia medical staff are saying they stood by their decision. There was no sign of concussion at that time. But but anyone who knows anything about this, and I don't know much, knows that concussion doesn't necessarily show immediately and can show much later. So that has to be taken into account when they're making that decision. So yeah, it was, it was obvious he, he couldn't play any part in this in this forthcoming test match at Headingley, which obviously it's not the reasons that he, you don't want a player to miss out because of concussion, but it will give England a little bit of extra encouragement heading to Leeds. 
I think the concerning thing is that Australia have seemed to have followed protocol and this and they still let a guy who was concussed come back and face 90 miles per hour bowling straight away. Well, the protocol's obviously wrong, isn't it? Exactly. So there was I thought it was staggering the morning after when almost with a shrug and a, and a sigh, Tim Payne said, yeah, well, you know, he felt a bit groggy this morning. So so we thought probably we'd best let, keep him away from, from the scene. But it's well established and well known. Even a layman is aware that, as Joe says, there is there are delayed reactions um, to concussions, and it's invariably shown later on as Payne actually acknowledged. So to acknowledge that with a with a casual shrug, I thought was staggering. Really, I saw Alison Mitchell raise the the point that there should be there potentially should be uh, neutral medical staff making these decisions, and that seems the only way really to to get around this tricky issue of even if the medical staff of that team are doing their jobs subconsciously there is always going to be that bit of pressure on them to let their best particular as a player like Steve Smith go out there when's the test match on the line well there's a really interesting tweet from a former England rugby player George Shooter he said cricket is now learning how little we all know about concussion it's been a big issue in collision sports for a long time you cannot have strict guidelines because there is no real understanding of what actually happens following a concussion but we must all err uh, on the side of safety um, I think that 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 is probably a quite nuanced take on it that it's quite hard to have uh, solid rules because what you might end up having is every time a batsman gets hit, they have to go off and can't get back on for the rest of the day. So Lavashane, who got hit on the head, second ball, was fine. If you're going to have strict guidelines, you're going to probably have to take something like that off and not let them play for 24 hours. Yeah, it it is a difficult one, isn't it? Because Lavashane was hitting the grill. It wasn't a full-on connection. Players are hitting the grill quite regularly. You would say that that probably invariably wouldn't require the same kind of concern and treatment uh, and conscientiousness that Smith's obviously belatedly required. Mm. Uh, But then there's all kinds of grey areas within this, isn't there? You know, if you kind of hit half and half on the edge of the helmet, that it it then ricochets onto the, say, the back of your head. It's very, very difficult. But one, one thing is for sure that cricket is... Is behind the times on this, you know. In American football, it's it's a t- it's two weeks automatically. Two weeks, uh, you're not you're not playing uh, if you get hit on the head. If you get hit three times, then that's that's your season. These kinds of things are already in place with other collision sports. I don't know what it is in rugby because I can't stand the game. But in cricket, we we are slowly um, and well behind the times waking up to it. And the thing is, people are getting hit more and more. And it's not just the Joffre phenomenon, albeit he has now hit four international cricketers in a, in a month and a half. Uh, cricketers are getting hit more and more. They didn't used to play hook shots before helmets. You know, they used to stay leg side of it before before helmets. Uh, they're getting hit hit regularly, and something has to has to be addressed. Well, we're just just looking at Twitter earlier. Actually, just a few minutes ago, Peter Layla, the Australian journalist, was saying Labuschagne's been hit on the head again by Stark in the nets this really? time. Yeah, oh, I mean, he's got examined by medical staff and continued to bat. But again, that's that's an issue there. I mean, that's coming happening almost behind closed doors. Um, these are really tricky issues. Should there be someone there adjudicating on that? Is it okay that it's just the Cricket Australia medical staff making that call when there's a one batsman already out and Labuschagne's batted so brilliantly at, at Lords? And then if you bring an independent doctor, then don't you have to do that for all county cricket and how low do you go level-wise because it's the same danger, particularly when in county cricket you have bowlers who are nearly as fast, if not as fast. Um, let's get back to the actual cricket. How do you see the heading the test going, Joe? England have named an unchanged squad, um, but do you think... They might change the batting lineup or in the top four in particular. Uh, I don't think quite yet. Although Jason Roy's, but I mean, I was very much an advocate of Jason Roy opening the batting in Test cricket, uh, and I'm cautious of losing faith too quickly. But certainly, what we've seen over the last couple of matches, uh, 
has has led me to question whether he would be better off in the middle order. Uh, particularly that, was it three three ball duck in the first innings? Uh, not even so much the ball that got him out, actually. It was the first ball of the match that um, that really made me think, God, sure, play your natural game, but there's, there's, a, there's a line where you, you need to actually give yourself a, a, hope, and, a hope and chance it to... Was, it was a three-ball microcosm of his test career so far, wasn't it? First ball, short and wide, missed it. Second ball, absolute jaffa from Hazelwood that would have beaten anybody. And then third ball, a inauspicious sort of cross-batted prod outside off stump. Uh yeah, no one's being wise after the event, and everybody's kind of put their finger in the air with with this batting lineup. But for me, Evermore, uh, I'd, I'd just bat him at four, and I'd bat Denley at one, uh, who has experience of batting one. I know he hasn't for a few years. I'm aware of that. But if they are going with the same same team, um, then I would swap those two around personally. But then, then would you say? Dismissing the fact that this is the squad they picked, you wouldn't argue that Denley is the best opening batsman to to partner no, not Burns. At all, no. No, and and no. this is the problem they, they found themselves in. So yeah. I don't think but that I don't change, think Roy is either. No, I don't. I, I, I don't think Roy's more effective at four than Denny would be at four. I, I think I agree with that as well. But I think what they won't, I don't think they'll change it at this point. I think if they are going to make that change, then Denny will get dropped. Roy will drop, drop down to four and they'll bring in an opener, maybe Sibley, uh, who does it as a specialist role in county cricket. This does feel like the last test match for this, this order. If, if Root bums out again, uh, then he's back at four. And and he'll just do as he did last year or whenever it was, maybe the, the, when he just said, look, I can't do it. I won't do it. So I'm going back to four. I've proved yet again that I'm not going to score runs at three. So I'm back at four and everyone's going to have to go, OK, all right. Well, every time you do bat three in the last year and a half, you, you're just refusing to score runs. Uh, and so he'll, he'll be back at four if it goes wrong this test match. But because they played OK at Lords, there is that peculiar psychology of it. And they, they probably won't change their order at all. Denny did all right. He did in, do all right. In both innings. He did do all right. And I got criticised on this show. By, in a, a low-scoring game as well. Yeah, I got criticised by a couple of people on the Twitters, which does happen, um, for being harsh on him. I, I, I'm constantly desperate for Denley to do well. I think it's a really good story. It's a really good county cricket story. And I like the bloke. And I like the way that he bats. I like watching him play. Uh, but I can't shake that sense that this is uh, a, a, an accidental test career. The one that he's he's mildly surprised to to have received himself, uh, and while he's he's trying to make the most of it, there's a reason why age 33 he hasn't really dominated county cricket and scored the weight of runs, because while he's a very attractive player to watch, he's I don't think he has the full the all round game to justify batting second wicket down in the plum spot of an Ashes series. That's not to say that I don't really want him to do well, and I thought he did do okay, you know. 230 odds in a low scoring game that's no disgrace at all it still feels to me like he is in this side because he was picked on a winter tour because his leg spin might be quite a useful addition to his batting yeah. then he got runs in that final test in West Indies and then you had to give him another test really especially when he got a few runs in county cricket yeah. but he's still not quite the man for that job and I've, I've touted him to play for England for about 15 years mainly because I got him out when I was about 12 and I thought it'd be quite a nice story uh, oh you've not mentioned that before have I not no, no you genuinely, haven't genuinely, genuinely, genuinely I've genuinely haven't. said it a few times okay. I think yeah I mean uh, not you know, off there once or twice in the last test uh, how do you get got? him out sorry how do you get him out uh, caught on the boundary but that's that's neither here nor there slow <laughs> top ball. edge slow ball <laughs> top edge he wasn't even looking <laughs> Liam Plunkett cross seam hard into the bit but you know what you got 30 and, 30 and 29 in the last test yeah. we'd have probably said we'll take an average of 30 from our number 4 in this series against that that pace attack yeah yep. It was a, it was a drawn test match, but do you think the momentum has swung quite significantly into England's direction, both with Smith being ruled out of the third test, but also really crucially, 
Stokes got 100, first in two years, and Bairstow got runs. Two guys who hadn't played much Red Bull cricket at all, hadn't scored that many test runs for two years now, looked good at Lords. Yeah, I have a confession to make. I made a terrible life decision and went to Sheffield to watch Crystal Palace lose to Sheffield United at Bramall Lane on, <laughs> on Sunday. So as this epic test match was reaching its conclusion, I was head in hands at, at, at Bramall Lane. But I did see the final, the My final heart session. My was with you, Joe. <laughs> Um, but I did, yeah, obviously I saw saw what happened on Saturday and, and watched the final couple of wickets on Sunday on some dodgy Wi-Fi as I was coming back on the train. And it did it does feel like things have, have switched. Certainly Archer is the, the obvious factor in that. Smith missing out as well. Uh, and I think Stokes, we, I think we all sat here and backed him to score quite a lot of runs in this series. And it hadn't quite happened, even though he looked like he was in, in good nick. So I think that's a massive, massive innings for him. Uh, absolutely right that he's batting at number five now as well. Yeah, I think the mood's changed. I don't think the reality's changed enormously. Australia still just needs to win one test match. If Australia win one of the next three test matches, they retain the Ashes. Uh, and anything less than England winning the Ashes at home and regaining them will be seen as a failure without a doubt. Uh, England are so inconsistent and Australia's bowling attack is so potent and Cummins in particular is such a champion and Hazelwood as well bowled brilliantly at Lords. Uh, I I still struggle to see England holding them at bay for three full Test matches. Uh, but what it has done is open up the series to a potential humdinger. You know, whenever a, the underdog away side goes one up, then it opens up the series potentially. Uh, if England were to win at Leeds, then you know, everything is on. But I still I said Australia before the start. I still think Australia now. It's more England's flimsiness than Australia's brilliance. I think that the fact that uh, neither of Australia's openers can buy a run is is massive, though, because it means if, if England do get skittled for 220 or possibly lower, they've still, they still keep getting those openers. They've got, a, they've got an avenue back into the game. Uh, and if Australia bat first, then they're feeling kind of very optimistic about getting rid of both those uh, players particularly quickly, especially with Archer in the ranks. On Cummins, I was looking up yesterday on, uh, you can see, historical bowling rankings and Cummins mm. rating of 914 is equal second best since start of World War One. Really? So only Imran Khan in 83, Murali in 07 uh, are ahead of him and he's level with McGrath t- in 2001. So, so a, good, a good test match and he goes ahead of McGrath's greatest ever ranking. Exactly. At the absolute pompous. Which is and the greatest only- of any Australian bowler so better than Warren ever managed yeah. as well. And he's only played 20 odd test matches. It's amazing. He was stunning, I thought, on the first on the Wednesday. We, you were watching it with me, yes, at Lords. Thursday, uh, I think it was Thursday. This was yeah, a Thursday yeah, because yeah. Wednesday was rained off, yeah. of course. Insistent, unstoppable, coming down mm. down from the pavilion end. And at the time, I thought this is this is a, a fast bowler's spell for the ages. And then within twenty four hours, it had been <laughs> gazumped. Uh. By somebody else, I forget the bloke's name. <laughs> it is um, what's so impressive Cummins this summer. I think is I started to think over the course of that World Cup, his speeds dropped a little bit. It didn't look quite as threatening, and I thought this Ashes series might actually be a, a step too far, particularly with given his, his track record with injuries. Uh, but he's shown that to be complete nonsense, and the Australian uh, medical staff deserve a lot of credit for the way they've handled yeah, him and, and all of Australian bowlers. They, they showed at Edgbaston how the his action has changed um, from pre-multiple stress fractures to now. Uh, and it's barely discernible, but still profound in, in, in how they've just realigned his foot position to, their, to in turn realign his hip position. 
Uh, and now he's coming through straighter with less torque in the body, less twist in the body, no longer a mixed action. And he's now bowling 15 over spells day after day without any indication of injury. And that's where, that's where biomechanics is, is phenomenal, you know. And, and they've taken a cricketer who was at his wit's end and turned him into the best fast bowler in the world. This week's best fast bowler in the world. Let's talk about county cricket. We're in the middle of a round of games at the moment. Um, and with Roy and Denley's struggles in the top four for England, you think this would be a great week for someone to lay down a claim for selection. Zach Crawley scored five. Sam Northey scored six. Dom Sibley scored a, scored naught. Gary Balance, naught. Darren Milan, three. So Ollie Pope hasn't batted yet. Ollie Pope hasn't batted yet. Crucially, Ollie Pope hasn't batted yet. Um, I thought that was quite amusing. Yeah. With all the talk about these guys need to score runs. If Sibley scores runs this week, get them in for the, a The binary anyway. pretenders. Yeah. Just looking, Moen's 27 not out though. So batting at three well, well, There you go. Well, Moeen's had a very so odd game. Pipe, yes. um, so obviously dropped recently from the England side. He was seen bowling filthy Meadows for Worcestershire against Northants yesterday. At that point, he had figures of none for 107, but then went back to his offies to claim a threefer. It almost looked like a cry for help in bowling medium paces. I don't know what what's happened. I think he only bowled them for two overs, yeah. so we shouldn't blow this up into something. It's it's not. But he's done this before as well, hasn't he? In yeah, he has done it before, but and the I timing could... of it. I mean, you look, he bowled 39 overs yesterday, which you'd think, you'd understand if he just wants to get in rhythm because he he, he obviously had lost his rhythm mm. completely. But then if you start bowling a couple of overs as seam up, then that, that throws that one out the window mm. slightly. I've only seen a couple of clips of it. It's, it's not it's not great stuff. <laughs> it's, not, it's, not, it's not great stuff. I think that's fair. Um, I think people have got to hesitate a bit before writing him off as a test match cricketer, I mean. Oh, oh, God, oh yeah, yeah. Like, he's still got more wickets than anyone else in Test cricket in the last year. Yeah, exactly, and and he's already compiled a pretty formidable Test match career in terms of numbers. Really, I mean, even if he were to never play again, you're still talking years to come about about you know Moeen Ali, perhaps the most sort of complete off-spinning all-rounder that England have had in a long, long time. Um, you know, six Test hundreds and two hundred odd wickets, or whatever, one hundred and seventy odd wickets. Uh, we're here at the Oval in a month's time. It might have not rained, hopefully, uh, for a few weeks. And it's a dry one. And while Leach, I think, has moved into that position as the premier spinner for England, I think that's probably fair at this stage. You can easily see him playing two with one going one way, the other going the other. And Moen can come back. He could take eight for here. You never know. And longer term as well. I think we've got to remember what Moen was when he first came into this side. And that was a, a proper, proper batsman who was a handy spin bowler. And... I hope that Leach does go on to become England's number one spin bowler. I think I think that will happen. His um, average fell below Wokes's, right? Batting average this year, this summer. Yeah, yeah. Which shows how far show how far it slipped, and also how good a batsman Wokes is. Yeah. Um, <clears throat> but I think in time, if Owen has a proper season of county cricket, why couldn't Owen again be batting at six and bowling a few overs spin? It's not like there are so many middle order options out there that that those spots are sewn up by any means. Mm. Yeah, uh, so I think that there is a possible route back into the side for Moen. However unrealistic it seems, based on his batting over the last six months, I think with, with Moen, when some people are quite lazy when they analyse his Test career, because objectively his batting average and bowling average aren't aren't amazing. They're not li- numbers that leap off the page. Match winner though, exactly. He's a match winner. I am going to cite a number. His man of the match to matches paid ratio is one of the best of all time by anyone. I know they've not been given those awards throughout the history of the game. But since they came in the 70s, I think, 80s, his record is amazing. It's mm-hmm. absolutely amazing. Mm-hmm. He, he has won England many, many test matches. And when you play the game for a, for a club, 
at least when I've played, I've never really noticed or cared about people's batting averages. When somebody says so and so is a good player, it's because they've won games. And I think that if you look at Moeen's England Test career, he's won England so many games in actually only a five-year spell. Let's talk about Ryan Higgins. He's having an amazing season. He scored four tons for Gloucester and averages less than 24 with the ball. In their current game, he's hit 100 and taken a fifer. He's been around for a while. He was at Middlesex. Uh, he earned an England Lions call-up recently. But he's he's leading the Gloucester charge for them to be in Division 1, which would be great to see. Yeah, and gutting for Middlesex to see Gloucestershire, what, second at the moment? Middlesex kind of mid-table, both fighting for those. Th- it's getting really tight in that, yeah, in that second division. Gloucestershire. Gloucester are on track at the moment to win the, their current game. Middlesex look like they're going to lose theirs. So that's going to basically rule Middlesex out of, of a promotion push. It is very squashed in the, in the three middle. Three go up as well. Yeah. 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 Um, yeah Middlesex were really um, annoyed to lose Higgins, who was a regular player in their white ball sides, but wasn't getting much red ball cricket. It's not very often you see a side go, uh, see a promising young player go from a club like Middlesex to a club like Gloucestershire, mm. so it raised a few eyebrows. But I think it's indicative of the problem that Middlesex have had over the last few years, that they've got some very well-established but very underperforming players who won them a championship but haven't really done it for a few years. So these young players aren't getting their chance. And Higgins was like, well, I'm going to get out of here. Has uh, gone to Gloucester and so far it's been proven to be a, an excellent move. He's been great across all formats. Uh, swings the ball, uh, hits the ball hard. Uh, and yeah, I mean, it's great that he's got some England Lions recognition uh, in a weaker time for England white ball sides. He'd kind of be in the mix. I don't think he's anywhere near that now, but um, an excellent county cricketer. He's going to be one who I think will really benefit from the 100. Bit of extra exposure. Yeah. I think he'll be he'll do really well in that. Yeah. Things are going from bad to worse for Knots after reducing Yorkshire to 13 for four on the first morning of their current game in Scarborough. They're on track to lose that game. Adam Lyon scoring big in the second innings. Um, it's been a terrible season for them after a good winter of recruitment. Well, what was apparently a good winter of recruitment at the time. It looked it. I mean, we, Wisdom Cricket Monthly, uh, predicted them for second, I think, in the championship, just behind Surrey. So that's that's all going well <laughs> so far. They might finish one position behind Surrey. Yeah, but in in our defence, I don't think we were alone in making those kind of predictions. They bring in Joe Clark, Ben Duckett, Ben Slater from Derbyshire, and James Pattinson was around for a bit. Stuart Broad played a lot for them. It's mad that they're in the position that they are. They're pretty much down with only one side going down. It still looks like they can't catch anyone. And yeah, we, we, talked, we were talking about this earlier, the, the documentary series that they're doing, which I think Personally, I think it's a great thing to do and should be applauded. I wonder if they're regretting it now, given the way their season is going. But it makes it more interesting. It's a bit Sunderland, isn't it, with their Netflix documentary? It is, but that went well, didn't yeah, it? And, yeah. that was great, and that was great viewing. And I think I think it probably it, it's good for the fans to see some of that, to see that people care, to see that people stuff is actually going on behind the scenes. And, and I hope it wouldn't put more counties off doing the same thing, because this is the sort of thing that county mm. cricket needs. It needs a bit of publicity. It needs to engage with its members, with its fans. Um, and it's, yeah, it's fascinating seeing McNeil go in and give them a telling off. He said he hadn't spoken to the team as a group for three years, um, which... Nice work if you can get it. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, his point was this is Peter Moore's dressing room and I don't want to interfere too much, but he thought things had got so bad that he had to, to jump in and, and uh, intervene. It really is worth watching. It's called All In. It's on the Nottinghamshire uh, YouTube channel. I think their YouTube channel is called Trent Bridge. It is a lot like the Sunderland documentary, but that was produced by Netflix. This is going on to YouTube and only getting one and a half thousand views per episode. They're 15 minutes long. I'd, I'd highly recommend it. It's excellent viewing. You can you can watch a bit where Peter Moores tells Samit Patel that he's being dropped from the Knots first eleven for the first time in over a decade. 
Um, and then you see Samit's reaction straight afterwards. Samit Patel, by the way, who is leaving not on loan to go to Glamorgan for the remainder of the county championship season. You never have guessed that at the start of the year, Sam Patel not making the not side. No, an indicative of their problems, really. You know, a, a county cricket legend, really. Um, heavy run scorer year after year. Uh, had a brilliant year, certainly two years ago. He had a good year last year as well. Um, but all their good players are not performing. Um, and, and it's as simple as that. It's, it's like a virus. and It does happen with, in cricket teams. Mm. Uh, it just spreads and it's 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 virulent and that's what's happening at, at Knotts. It is baffling though. I saw Luke Wood took the first five yeah. uh, a couple of days ago against Yorkshire on in, in that first morning that you just referenced. Um, he's a very very fine cricketer. I was talking to Lizzie Ammon, um, who's written about the Knotts uh, dilemma, the Knotts mystery, really in the current issue of the magazine, and and she was saying that she, you know, he's a very very fine cricketer. Uh, bafflingly overlooked for for higher honors you know and England Lions he she she thinks he should be right in there right in the mix he's out of contracts this year and this year is what she well. was saying yeah. yeah so she was not that she knows for sure that I don't want to drop her in the clarts here but uh yeah he, he may well be be moving along somewhere um next year uh, and it would be interesting because knots of course have always dragged players from less well-heeled counties mm. and not made themselves especially popular as a result. Uh, well, it would be interesting to see see the shakedown of, of their squad next year. And that that's the thrust of Lizzie's piece. I think she's right that uh, if you are going to poach, for want of a better word, players from other counties uh, then and not have success, then your members are going to be a lot less patient with you than if you're seen to be bringing young players through and giving them every chance to succeed. Uh, and we've seen that with with Knotts, and Knotts are annoyed that Ricky Vessels, not that he was homegrown, but he's been there a long time, has been has been let go to Worcestershire, mm. and the players they have brought in uh, haven't done the business, even though they came with big reputations, people like Joe Clark, Ben Duckett. Meanwhile, there are other counties who have had these players poached who are doing better than Knotts, with uh, understandably with a bit of a smirk on their face mm. at the way things have pl- played out. The Ben Duckett thing is is surprising. You know, th- th- there's a lot of stuff around Joe Clark that we don't need to dwell on, uh, but. Duckett, you would have thought, was absolutely ready for that step up. You know, to go and play at, all right, does a bit at Trent Bridge, but when the sun's out, it's a nice place to bat. You would have thought Duckett would have been the one to really kick on this year. Uh, and yet he struggled just as much as the rest. It is baffling. To, to, it's, it's not that dissimilar to the Hasiba Mead story. Both had incredible 2016 series. Both debuted years. in the same winter. Yeah, and since then... Slightly different characters. Yeah, but it's been three years now where Duckett yeah. hasn't really replicated it. He's yeah. had the odd innings where he showed what he's capable of, but the consistency's like totally gone from Yeah, just on Hamid as well. Didn't play this current round of games. Uh, played a lot of twos, T20 stuff. Lancashire Stiffs T20 for the last few weeks. Didn't get any there either. Got his inevitable 100 for the twos in a three-day game, but was overlooked for this game. Um, there's, what, three or four more county championship games left for Lancashire. Mm. Might not feature in many of them and might not feature again for Lancs. Yeah, well, it feels like it's time to move on, doesn't it? It feels yeah. like the relationship has yeah. probably reached its end and it will yeah. do them both a bit of good for, for, that, to, for that split to happen. Yeah, it, it is... Makes everyone who follows and loves county cricket a little bit uncomfortable. You know, you invest so much in what appears to be a patently gifted young cricketer, and what is it? What has happened? Alex said, to, Paul Allett said to me, the director of cricket, it's an utter mystery to us at Lancashire. So if it's 
baffled the minds up there who are watching him day in, day out and dealing with him day in, day out, then who are we to, to pass any judgment? But what it does make us uncomfortable about is that there is maybe something about the grind of county cricket that is is antithetical to the, 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 the emergence of sort of striding, young, confident bucks because there's a lot of examples now, you know, of, of players who are untrammeled and free and great at 19, 20. Uh, and there's something that goes amiss, something that goes awry in the next two or three years. I mean, I think it's hard enough work following county cricket, let alone playing it. <laughs> You're suffering burnout, yes. <laughs> You've only been doing this job five minutes. You can't have a transfer. <laughs> no, I, was, I saw I saw a really good tweet. I think it was um, Crick Visitor Ben Jones said that it is a full-time job following the T20 Blast. You, you, I think you're lying if you're saying that you're actually following exactly what's going on. There's just so I, much I, I going on. when every game was abandoned <laughs> last Friday night. Literally not one ball in the whole of the country. You imagine being on the, the OBO, on the BBC on that one. Um, whilst we're talking about county cricket, Joe, there's, uh, uh, there's quite a cool county cricket feature in the upcoming Wiz Cricket Monthly. Well, there is, yeah. Yes, uh, we have called it County Cricket's Usual Suspects. Um, it is five cricketers uh, who are monsters at their own county do it year after year don't necessarily always get the recognition they deserve outside of their their home county uh, and it's a profile of each we've spoken to three of the five and spoken to coaches about the other two um, to kind of reveal a bit more about what makes them tick whether crucially one question we keep coming back to is is county cricket enough for them to kind of uh, sate that appetite of of the the ambitions they had in their in their career so one for instance is is ben brown at sussex who we talked about probably unlikely to play for england despite having a fantastic record is a career at hove uh, enough for him to feel like his his career has been he's he's reached the heights of his career that he wanted to and and he says he says it is whilst admitting there is frustrations to, to not get that breakthrough. Gillespie's yeah, quoted in that, isn't he? Yes. Yeah. Sussex coach saying it just baffles me that no one talks about him. Hasn't, he hasn't got an England Lions call-up. I think that was the thing Gillespie said, to not even get to that stage uh, for a guy who's averaging 48 uh, and keeps wicket and has played a lot of cricket in Division 2, which whilst the standard might not be as high, to average that in Division 2 is, is a pretty... Uh, well, impressive achievement. Kind of going back to what you were saying about Denley, how he's almost had an accidental England career. I think those guys, the usual suspects you just mentioned, must kind of look at a Joe Denley and be like, oh, it could so easily have been me if circumstances have been slightly different. I could have played 10 to 15 test matches or had a chance to play in 10 test matches and who knows what could have happened when I was in that arena. Absolutely. And I suppose... Brown, that could still happen. He, mm. he could potentially go on tour as a second keeper if there was already an injury, and then another injury happens, and he mm. and he gets his he gets his chance. Two of the other guys aren't aren't English cricketers as such. We've got Simon Harmer and Tim Murta, in who are both internationals, uh, but have gone through unconventional routes to to get there. And one has obviously left international cricket. Phil had a it's a brilliant interview with Simon Harmer actually, who, who pulls no punches. No, I don't want to give too much away because it's well worth reading, uh, but he covers um, the, the whole gamut, really. Uh, national allegiances um, becoming uh, public enemy number one in South Africa, or maybe two or three. The sacrifices. The sacrifices he had to make, uh, the moral conundrum, um, uh, and the spectre of Brexit. Uh, he does not know what his career will look like next year. Uh, his girlfriend, uh, who is South African, is over here um, with him. She can't work. They can't buy a property. Um, the ECB have said via the PCA that they will not release any 
statements uh, until Brexit has gone through, if it does. Uh, and while he is the most dominant bowler in county cricket and possibly on the verge of nailing a second championship in three years, uh, he still doesn't really know if he's coming or going. Um, and so it's a very, very interesting interview and, and I didn't really have to set him up for too much. Um, uh, anyway, having said I don't want to give too much oh, away, I've probably given too much away, so I'm just going to leave it there. But it's well worth reading and, and quite an eye-opener as, as for, for the complications of being a county cricket. And while we're on it, any other highlights in the mag? Um, Phil's interview with Joss Butler is another good one as well. Um, talking about his... his I think it... Actually, Phil, why don't you talk about it? You did the interview. You do talk about it, Joe. Try and remember it. All right. Uh, <laughs> yeah, so... <laughs> Talking about the high of the World Cup win, uh, readjusting to, to life and to test cricket after that, uh, his determination to prove himself as a test match batsman, which I think we saw in the second innings at, at Lords, that he's prepared to play it a different way. Got about six, hasn't he? Got to got, six. got about six. And also, I mean, he talks about that. You, you kind of bring it up and he, he mentions it passing, but That's where, not how it works. where, <laughs> where Josh Butler uh, might be in six months, and you say, well, conceivably he could be out of the test side or he could be captain of it. And I, I think still uh, yeah. after that test match, yeah, that it's, is, it's that indicative is of the, you know, the, the, the precariousness of this test match team, I think. So I remember that all pretty all well, didn't I? Yeah, you did. Thank that, you, Joey. Yeah. Far better than I ever could. Um, I just want to add, obviously, uh, He's played, 20, after Laws, I think it's now 24 first-class games since the start of 2016. So the best part of four completed summers plus winter, and he's played 24 first-class games of cricket. Um, obviously, Edgbaston, where he got 5-1, and one, was his first Red Bull game since March out in the West Indies. Uh, it's a joke to expect even a genius to move seamlessly from... Uh, the, the the technique required to face white ball, but also the, the the unique intensity of a World Cup to then to just kind of pack your different coloured kit and pop off to Edgbaston and then go and bec- become a test player. Well, it's ridiculous. Look at David Warner's ashes. Everyone's talking about oh Smith's done it in the in his in his first game back, but Warner slightly more human. He's he's really struggled. Yeah, and 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 Warner's played seventy eighty odd test matches. Mm. Butler, I'm convinced of it. Butler just has to be left alone. Leave him be. He very, he gave a good impression of someone who nailed Test cricket last year. He averaged forty-five across ten Test matches last year, having been thrown back into it, surprised himself to be there. He, he gave a very good impression, I thought, of a Test match player last year. He got hard runs against India, got good runs against Pakistan, played brilliantly in Sri Lanka here and there. Just let the bloke play. Give the bloke another eight, ten Test matches, and if he's if he's if he fails in a few of them, then so be it. He needs to learn the the nuances. And the mysteries of Test cricket. So He's twenty eight years old. I, I I I agree with all of that, but there does become a point where. He's been given chances that other players don't get because of how talented he is. He's learning the Red Bull game in Test cricket, which is which very few players are given the opportunity to do. But he's also nailed it broadly anyway. Yeah, yeah. But he's what what would happen if he, he if he doesn't do well in eight Tests that time? Would you still be tempted to go? No, I mean, you don't pick someone indefinitely, obviously. But if I would not be raising any klaxon at all if he doesn't get runs for the rest of the Ashes. I'd still be taking him uh, to wherever they go the winter, New Zealand, uh, South Africa, Sri Lanka, and I'd be minded to play him certainly for the first half of that winter uh, and just just back the bloke's talent. And the bloke has a certain aura as well. Mm. Uh, as I say, if he'd not got runs last year, I wouldn't be talking with as much 
certitude. But he got runs against a world-class pace attack last year. Also, it's not like we've got ready-made test middle order yeah. batsmen knocking the door down, is it? No, yeah. that's it. That's it. And, you know, England, are, they are a versatile team. They're a flimsy one, but they're a versatile team. There is a space for Joss Butler, without a shadow of a doubt. Elsewhere in the KSL, the KSL is well underway. Western Storm have won their first six games. They've got Smriti Mandana at the top of their order, who's scored, a player. who has scored many, many, many runs for them. Uh, Danny White created KSL history by becoming the first English player to score a ton in the competition. Um, Good. Well, I'm glad she's she's back on it. You know, after a, after a difficult Ashes series, a lot of yeah. the English players had difficult Ashes, and actually some of them haven't done that well in the KSL either. And a difficult World T20 for Danny White mm. as well. So there had been a kind of prolonged period of bad form mm. um, and she is England's most explosive batsman and uh, w- one trend that I think is quite nice to see is that Tash Farrant and Freya Davies are the top of the wicket taking charts um, it's good to see young English pace bowlers doing well after it being dominated by spin bowling for a long time well, yeah it's needed mass- massively necessary I mean Tash Farrant I don't know how old she is now but she has three. but she has had she's kind of had her chance being in the squads and then being released so th- the perception was that she was kind of on her way down whereas Freya Davis had a kind of more interesting route she decided not to uh, do the Loughborough route so she left cricket when she did her studies she did a law degree yeah and then and then came back to it uh, and has been involved in England squads played in Sri Lanka Lanka, yeah Yeah. Um, so it's really good that she's she's come back so people might have thought she's not kicked on as as she might have done but actually she's had some time out of the Mm. game so this is probably this is kind of her time now and and yeah as as Phil says it's it's desperately needed with Shrubsall's form taking a dip. Catherine Brunt can't go on forever and there's not been many others pushing. Great for Farron because she missed out on a, on a contract. There aren't that many that go that go out and I think at 23 she had a kind of crossroads decision to make. I think it might ha- she might still have to make it about where her career goes and, but having a strong KSL helps helps massively. Uh, just just on, on, on this, Raph Nicholson's done an excellent uh, reflection on the women's ashes, not pulled any punches. Um... In Wisden Cricket Monthly magazine. And, sorry, yeah, in the magazine, of course, in the magazine. Go and buy it for crying out loud. Uh, and it's 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 a revealing. It certainly taught me a few things as well. It's a, it's a revealing um, assessment of where of where the game is structurally as much as anything else in reflection of Australia, of mm. course, and what the plans are going down the line. Um, I actually showed it to somebody at the ECB who's very close to the England women's side, and and they were. They were they were supportive of the points that were made, or they were pleased at the points that were being made without there being any sanitising of them. Um, there's a lot of good things to talk about with England, in English women's cricket that have been maybe slightly muddled or muddied by what's happened over the last couple of months. Um, there's a long way to go to get to Australia's level. Two very good stories that come out of uh, New Zealand cricket in the last couple of days. Number one, New Zealand women's players have all received a pay rise, uh, and they now have 85 contracted players in New Zealand which is which is amazing that's a, that's a lot of cricketers but the big news is that their captain Amy Satherswaite has announced that she's expecting her first child with teammate Leah Tahuhu and will take a break from cricket um, she's been the captain for, for nearly a year now and she'll be the first player to benefit from New Zealand's new pregnancy leave policy which means that she retains her contract for the 2019-20 season will receive full pay without obviously uh, needing to, to play excellent. or train uh, and she just has to do the odd off-field commitment, which is great news. That's brilliant. Um, I, I do wonder if we'll ever see. Uh, obviously, we've seen parents and children playing in the same cricket team before. Alan Butcher played with Mark Butcher in the same game. Will we ever see two parents and one child playing <laughs> in the same cricket team? Let's keep our eyes on the New Zealand team. <laughs> yeah. Twenty thirty-five. 
New Zealand's men's team now, uh, they they lost against Sri Lanka. Kane Williamson failed twice. Yeah, normally yeah. four. And Amazing. he's been done for chucking as well. He's, um, he's been called the for wheels are off. Yeah, <laughs> he's, he's been called for having a suspect action, uh, which means that Sri Lanka have won top of the World Test Championship yes. with a 60 point win over New Zealand. Uh, a really good test. Karuna Ratney scored a fourth innings ton to set up the win. Sri Lanka are doing great in this post Harath era. They've beaten Shri- uh, South Africa away. Also, it's now. great when you look at the scorecard and it said World, World Test Championship at the top. You know, now all scorecards are going to carry that. Yeah. You know, I just like that. It just just brings it brings it more to life for me, really. But what I love about this is that Sri Lanka uh, are top of the World Test Championship because they're playing a two-match series. So that one test there were 60 points available. But in the Ashes series, because it's a five-test match series, you can only get 24 points for a win. Yeah. <laughs> it's not ideal, is it? But I think we all know that. We're just yeah. going to pretend that we don't don't care and yeah. just plough on. That's right. Yeah, and then enjoy a game in a couple of years' time at Lords. Um, but what about Frank Karuna-Ratne? Yes, uh, unbelievable. Boy. Unbelievable. Go, to get that win in South Africa, to really overachieve at the World Cup, here mm. as well with a with a side that was not really a, a one day side that yeah. he that he had overachieve from you putting them bottom in your, your a lot of people pre-series. did a lot yeah. of people I did, did. yeah, yeah. thanks fair enough um, <laughs> yeah and then to go and beat a, an impressive New Zealand side who who won in the UAE not very long ago so they're, they're no they're yeah. no, yeah, no yeah. mugs against the spin mm. and they've got a couple of decent spinners themselves uh, another, now, another t- incredible win Chase two sixty was it Please. yeah for four so one hundred and thirty for naught kind of going into that final yeah. final day. 130 odd, I think he got Karina Ratner in the end. That's a brilliant, brilliant fourth innings. Well, taking it back to England as I as I like to do, it makes our win look really good against Sri Lanka in in uh, in last wasted winter. though, not in the World Test yeah. Championship, so basically pointless. <laughs> well, we're going back. <laughs> it England, even England are going back there um, this winter. Elsewhere, uh, yeah, in in that same game, so Kane Williamson was called for having a suspect action, but so was Akila Dananjaya, which is is slightly more worrying than Williamson's one because, because Dananjaya. Was called actually quite recently, yeah. So that's that's really not great for him. Um, Took quite a lot of wickets in that game as well, didn't he? Mm. Yeah. So which is not great as well. <laughs> yeah, it's, it's not doubly great. not great. Yeah. Anyway, uh, Ravi Shastri has been reappointed as the new India coach. Um, <laughs> there's a very transparent process for selecting the new India coach. Joe, Have you, do you put want... that in inverted commas. Transparent. Well, yeah, you can for me. Uh, Joe, do you want to kind of explain? Well, there, so there are five criteria that each of the um, possible coaches were being judged on. One of which I think was knowledge of coaching tools, mm. which is like catch it mats and stuff. <laughs> I don't know, was, <laughs> or the cradle. Um, How good are you with it? With the dog? So group? I imagine Shastri didn't do so well on those ones, um, but he does have experience and though, track <laughs> record. <laughs> um, yeah, so he was. He came first. Uh, they so even do like a rank order. Mike Hessen came second, I believe, and Tom Moody came third, uh, which is not often you know who came second and third yeah. in any jobs you're going for. Really, do you? I haven't, really, I haven't left this job for a while. But I, don't, <laughs> I don't think you get told if you come second or third. Um, so it's in, in theory, it's very transparent. There is obviously the suggestion among the more cynical that Shastri might have had this wrapped up before the process no. even began. Uh, and uh, BCCI said... Coley was not consulted at any stage course not. of the process. Of course not. Um, so, yeah. Yeah. Transparency. Yeah. <laughs> he, he, his reputation is, for somebody who, from an outside perspective, he's, he's done quite a good job. It's like a good India team. But he's not that popular in India. On, on, they haven't won, a world, haven't won a world trophy. Yeah. And, and, and despite being the number one ranked side in Test cricket, uh, it, I don't think it was the most popular appointment 
reappointment in India. Um, I guess India do have challenges facing them. So actually, Kapala Krishnan wrote on the on Wisdom.com saying that India has five major challenges. One, finding a new long-term keeper, solving a number four puzzle, which has been actually wrote one of the most long drawn out chapters in Indian cricket history despite winning in Australia have a really bad overseas record mm-hmm. over quite a period of time and there is that asterisk I guess against that series win that there was no Smith no Warner and, and as Joe said as well six teams now have won a global uh, limited overs mm-hmm. tournament since India last won one yeah. which is extraordinary really. and he has to balance the the, the Kohli Rohit power balanced on that dynamic um yeah i saw the, that in the press a few weeks ago there's nothing in that doesn't sound like as much in it at all but yeah. but it's been so it's been Kohli's team for so long and if if shastri's going to take it for the next few years Kohli, can he still captain all three formats with the amount of cricket that he plays uh i don't think he's going to be getting letting one go uh i don't think i'm going to take one off him so mm. i think he will for a while <laughs> yeah true um uh, well, this has been the Wisden Cricket Weekly podcast. Thanks, Joe. Thanks, Thanks Phil. Yes. No, I enjoyed that. Yes. Yeah. So have I. Um, Good. We'll we'll be back at Headingley uh, for for the resumption of our daily pods. Ben so Ben Gardner and Jared Kimber. That is the plan. So you'll hopefully hear Ben in a couple of days' time with Jared at at Headingley. If we can get um, the kit to Ben before he heads up to Leeds. Yeah. So Ben's playing a five-a-side game today. <laughs> that we hope we can transport the kit to him for that um, smooth isn't it hope what an operation we run hope you've enjoyed the podcast folks if, you, if you're not subscribed already make sure you do on either Spotify yeah, or the podcast out. app um, we'll see you next time cheers Sports Social Podcast Network